before seminary when I was serving in the Army as a Medical Service Corps officer. I served for 13 months in the Sinai Peninsula in Egypt. And my main responsibility in that particular job was to make sure that the water was safe to drink for the 3,000 peacekeepers in the Sinai. Well, the Sinai Desert, just like other deserts, in the Sinai, water is everything. Water is life, and without it, there isn't life. The Sinai It's really a very dry place, and there's very little vegetation throughout that peninsula. I remember once flying from South Camp to North Camp, and the helicopter took maybe an hour or so. And during that flight, the helicopter pilot pointed out the right side of the aircraft, and he pointed down to this this small green patch in the middle of these these sand dunes and these, uh, these... rock canyons of the Sinai and he said that's Kadesh Barnea otherwise known as Meribah Mesa which we heard about in the first reading and the responsorial psalm today that's where Moses struck the rock and water came out of the rock even today there's a spring of water coming out of the ground there and it's giving life in the Sinai And even today, that little patch of vegetation there, it's a navigational aid for pilots flying over the Sinai Desert. Because it's so obvious, this green in the middle of brown. Water is truly essential for life in the desert. In the season of Lent, We enter into a spiritual desert through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. We deny the world. We deny its pleasures. We deny its comforts. We deny its distractions. And just as our thirst for water and our appreciation for water will grow in a geographical desert, so does our thirst for the living water grow in a spiritual desert desert. In today's gospel, we hear, I think, is one of the most important and intimate encounters between God and mankind in all of the sacred scriptures. This conversation between Jesus, the Son of God, and the Samaritan woman at the well. And in the gospel passage we heard today, There are several references to thirst for water. The woman is at the well to draw water. Jesus asks her for a drink. She asks him for living water that will satisfy her thirst forever. And this is profound. Just think about this. As she stands beside a well, in order to obtain water to satisfy her physical thirst, she encounters the font and source of living water who will satisfy her spiritual thirst. It's fascinating. 
And whether we know it or not, all of us here have that innate desire, that thirst for the living water. St. Augustine tells us in his autobiography called The Confessions, in the very first paragraph of the first chapter of that book, he says this, Lord, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. You have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. We have that desire, that thirst for the living water. And we will not be at peace until we drink from that font. Many people attempt to satisfy this innate desire, this thirst for the living water with something else. And it may work for a few moments, but that thirst will come back. We hear that in the scriptures this morning. Every human heart, your human heart, is thirsting for the living water. Now, some people erroneously believe that this desire to be holy is only for a select few people in our world. But the gospel this morning tells us differently. There's a woman in Samaria. She comes to a well, and she's a sinner. Like the rest of us, she's a sinner. And if I was to read the, proclaim the, the longer version of the gospel this morning, we would have heard that she had had five husbands, and the man she's living with right now is not her husband. And she was ashamed. How do we know that she was ashamed? She's at the well at noontime. The hottest part of the day. People went to the well early in the morning or late in the evening to draw water. Because in Samaria, it's hot at noon. It doesn't matter what what month of the year it is. It's hot. She was at the well at noon because she knew nobody else was going to be there. She knew nobody else was going to be there to shame her, to ridicule her, to judge her, to look at her. Yet Jesus initiates the conversation and he asks her for a drink. And this is a very important detail. Because as we heard in the gospel, the Jews and the Samaritans, they don't share utensils, they don't share cups, they don't share buckets. They had parted ways centuries before this. They had had their falling out, and they were rivals and maybe even enemies in in one sense or another. In fact, we, we know this because more often than not, when Jesus is walking through Samaria, the people are giving him a hard time. And his disciples, when they return, they're surprised that Jesus is talking. He's speaking with the Samaritan woman. Well, despite the societal expectations, despite her sinfulness, despite her shame, Jesus approaches her and asks her for a drink. Not just because he had a physical thirst. He was thirsting for her faith. He was thirsting for her heart. He was thirsting for her soul. And he does something in this passage, which seldom occurs 
through the rest of the Gospels. Jesus reveals his messianic character to this woman. You can pretty much count on one hand the other times that this happens in this particular gospel. He's doing it to a foreigner and to a woman. Something very special indeed is happening here. My first year of priesthood, I went a few times to the Missionaries of Charity Convent in Hilliard to celebrate Mass for them. And their small chapel is very simple and very plain. There's no furniture except for an altar. And there's a crucifix on the wall. And next to the crucifix are these words painted on the wall. I thirst. I thirst. It's from the words of our Lord as he hung on the cross during his passion when he says, I thirst. He thirsts for you, for your faith, for your heart, for your attention. He desires that you love him. And he loves you by giving you living water which flows from his side. And just as Moses struck that rock in the Sinai Desert at Kadesh Barnea, and water flowed from it, giving life to the desert, which it still does today, the side of Jesus Christ is opened by a soldier's lance as he hung on the cross, and blood and water flowed from his side. Blood symbolizing the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, Water symbolizing the sacrament of holy baptism, by which our sins are washed away. So in our weakness, our sin, our shame, Jesus approaches us through the sacraments of Holy Mother Church. And he gives us the water that will satisfy forever. And drinking from this font... Drinking this living water is more important today than ever in a society which is increasingly anti-religious and anti-God. Trying to satiate your, your desires with all sorts of other concepts, ideologies, and things. I remember once driving from South Camp to North Camp. And it was normally a seven to nine hour drive. If you think that the roads here in Pondere County are bad, they look pristine compared to what we find on the Sinai. And I looked forward to this drive. There's one particular place that I always look forward to. As you are coming out of this granite canyon, once again, there, there's no vegetation anywhere. You're coming out of this, this granite canyon, and the Sinai opens up into a, a flat desert with sand dunes off in the distance. And you're driving along the road, and at one point, you come to a tree, a solitary, single tree next to the road. 
There's nothing else around for miles. Nothing. There's no water. There's no trees. There's no plants. There's no vegetation. There's nothing. Yet this tree is there in the middle of nowhere. And whenever I come to that, I knew when I saw this tree, I knew that it had deep roots. It was getting its water from somewhere. I couldn't see it, but it was definitely getting water from somewhere. Well, we too are living in a spiritual desert, and we too must have deep roots to seek out this living water. And Lent is an excellent time to allow these roots, these spiritual roots, to grow deeper, to seek out that living water through Scripture, through prayer, through the sacramental life of the church. Jesus satisfies our thirst for the living water through these methods. But he also comes to you and he asks you for a drink. He thirsts for your heart. He thirsts for your soul. He thirsts for your faith in him. Jesus approaches you in the sacraments and initiates a conversation with you. He reveals his messianic character to you, that he is truly the Son of God, an all-loving and merciful God. And he opens to you the wound on his side, that you may drink from that flowing living water from his side. And this living water will satisfy your thirst forever. Praise be Jesus Christ.